Hey, Blockheads, it's Mitch. This week's episode, we had a little bit of technical difficulties with the guest's audio. Thankfully, Neil Powell was able to clean it up a lot for us. However, it's still a little staticky, but we hope that you're able to look past the audio issues and see and hear the great content in this episode. We hope you enjoy, and without further ado, here's the show. Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. I'm one of your hosts, Dungeon Master Mitch. And I'm Dungeon Master Chris. And today we have a special two-part episode for you called Zero to Hero, the story of some players who decided to take up the mantle of DM and their journey and what they've learned along the way in being a new DM and everything that they've gotten from that. Really excited about that. On today's first episode, we are joined by Alyssa Grant. She has up until recently been the producer of Dungeons and Dragons at Wizards of the Coast, and she has recently taken up the mantle of DM. And we're excited to hear from her and just her journey about the journey of being a new DM and what she's learned from it and the experiences she's had along the way. But before we do, we're going to have some five-star reviews. So Chris, start us off with a five-star review. Yeah, our first one comes from Mystical Billy, and this is entitled Best Podcast for DMs Everywhere. Had to borrow my kid's iPhone, but this is by far (laughs) the best resource for any DM slash GM. I have been trying for years to build a homebrew world, and the resources, tips, and tricks have helped me finally stitch everything together. Thanks, bunches, from me and the citizens of Alicia, who now have a world to live in. So thank you very much, Mystical (laughs) Billy, and all of the civilians of Alicia. We hope you are having a great time making things up as you go. And thank you to your kid for letting you use his iPhone. What kind of world do we live in where it's like, I had to borrow my kid's iPhone. That's kind of like <laughs> surgery, like removing an appendage from a kid. So right? you know, that's that's a big deal for them to let you borrow that. <laughs> well, thank you for doing that so that you can give us a five-star review. Our next one comes from DM Savage X 89 and it is entitled, Excellent Show for the Beginner DM and the Battle-Worn DM Alike. Five stars. I've been playing D&D for one year now and just got with a group where I decided to try out the role of DM. Very good for this episode. Yeah, excellent. Not knowing much about the game itself and even less about running the game, I turned to the almighty DM, Google. (laughs) (laughs) That led me here. I am working through all the episodes from the beginning and have already learned so much. Each episode makes me more excited to play and gives me more ideas for plot lines of my campaign. Keep up the great work. P.S. I have already got one of my DM buddies hooked onto your show. Excellent. Winky face. Winky <laughs> Excellent. Face. <laughs> thank you so much, DM Savage. We really appreciate that. And we thank you for spreading the word of our podcast. Now, let's head to the juicy part of the episode. The meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? Just a mouthful. No. The 
So for today, for the meet, we have Alyssa Grant. She is a fairly new Dungeon Master, and she has recently worked as producer for Dungeons & Dragons at Wizards of the Coast. And we're just really excited to have her join us here. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's very nice to meet both of you. Alyssa, could you start by just telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I've been an avid gamer my pretty much my entire life. I played board games, tabletop games, video games. I went to school um, at the University of Washington for media and communications, and I focused on game and film studies. And then I realized that my passion was in fulfilling other people's passion, so I went into producing games. I have a dual citizenship between Canada and the U.S. That's that's pretty much me in a nutshell, though. I I just absolutely love what I do. Nice. That's really cool awesome. that you went into that to fulfill other people's passions. That's that's pretty cool. I like that about people who go into game designing. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Speaking of that, can you tell us a little bit about your time working at Wizards of the Coast as producer for Dungeons & Dragons? Yeah, definitely. So basically any producer role really has to do with coordinating resources, coordinating budgets, um, scope and schedules on various products. So for me, it was um, the TRPG and novel products. Other than that, it, it's really just about making sure that your coworkers, um, the artists, the writers all have what they need in order to complete their project. So it's very much just about juggling all of the different aspects and making sure that everyone has what they need. Nice. That's awesome. And can you tell us about what your first D&D character was like that you ever played? Oh my gosh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember your first D&D character? I that's, do. That should always yeah, yeah, yeah. be your first question. <laughs> you do. I do. And I, and I also still have her character sheet somewhere. It's nice. very, very deep. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she was a tiefling rogue. Her name was Maruk Dragonath, and uh, I know terrible, right? Um, and uh, that's not bad for our first D and D character name. You don't think no, so? That's great. Um, <laughs> I guess that makes one of us. A lot um, of uh, players who I've played with have just stolen names from like League of Legends or something like that, and they're like, "Man, I wish I didn't do that. Oh I wish my I came gosh. With yeah. Visual, so <laughs> I've got to start somewhere, yeah, though, right? That's true. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Her her friends called her Rookie, which is the name that I use in a lot of different just random campaigns that I'm in. She was a part of a cult that assassinated dreams and aspirations of others, hmm. but she ended up leaving that, so she's kind of constantly on the run. She lives a nomadic lifestyle. She was chaotic good, and uh, she, she was definitely chaotic. For some reason, I play a lot of characters that like to torture and be super rough with others, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure this is about me, but, you know. Well, you know, we often play characters that are the complete opposite of us. So, you know, you being a producer, you like to create people's dreams and help them come alive and, you know, help with their passions. <laughs> you know, Rookie just like to destroy them and assassinate their dreams. So, you know, it's perfect. <laughs> I like that. Let's go with that. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good way to put it. <laughs> perfect. And finally, we have a surprise question before we jump into this awesome topic of hearing about your DM journey. Our surprise question for you today is, if you could spend a vacation week in any fantasy world of your choosing, what world would you pick and why? Oh my gosh. This is unfair. This isn't fair. <laughs> um, That's what a lot of our, our guests say about our surprise questions. But <laughs> oh my it actually is fair because every guest gets a surprise question. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. 
Well, I guess I can't ask for a different one, right? Um, no, sorry. Okay, I'm going to look at my wall for inspiration. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to go to the Gears of War world? That's up there at the oh, that would be so terrible. You, well, you be. would get a cool machine gun That's with a chainsaw That's what a lot of our questions come down to is what – what can I survive? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I should look at my game, my video game worlds. I'm currently playing Overwatch. That would be a really oh, cool. Oh, I've heard a lot of good part. things oh, about thanks. it. It'd be really cool to be part of the Kingdom Hearts world, too. Yes, that would be awesome. Right? Everyone has a Keyblade just running around? Not everyone. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I would just go with the Lord of the Rings world. I would go to Middle Earth. That would be a great choice, though. I mean, like, I that would be one of my top picks for sure. Like just going to the, sh even just like spending an entire week in the Shire and just hanging right? out with the hobbits. Like they know how to live. Well, you can do that. You just have to go to New Zealand. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Except for you can't go to New well, Zealand and eat some lumbus well, bread. That's like, true. No, that's true. Yeah. 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 Good luck finding actual hobbits in New Zealand. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's pretty much shorter than I am. So it wouldn't, wouldn't be super hard. <laughs> They might take offense if you call them hobbits. Well, everyone's pretty much yeah, taller than I am, so I really don't understand it. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Middle Earth. Awesome, <laughs> that's a great choice. So, this episode we are talking all about the DM journey, and as you know, Mitch and myself, we all had to start somewhere. As Alyssa, you had to start somewhere as well. And so, I mean, like with with most of our listeners, we all had to start somewhere. And so. Can you tell us how you first got started into D&D &D and RPGs in general? Yeah, so I think very similar to most people, I grew up um, with adventurous siblings and cousins, and we were always outside playing games, you know, taking up different roles, obviously assuming pine cones were different magical spells and bolts and fireballs. And um, so growing up from that, you kind of always hold a little bit of that adventurous spirit inside of you and uh it never really truly goes away and so when i was in late high school i was invited to play D, D for the first time with a group of friends and had this amazing dm that that really kind of brought that adventurous spirit back out and and i realized that you don't have to be a child to experience what it is to to live a fantasy right Ever since then, I've been playing D&D &D for, for years now, and I've experienced countless amazing DMs, and it was only recently that I, that I started DMing myself. That's, that's how I got my, my start into D&D. &D. <laughs> that's awesome. So you, I mean, you've been playing D&D &D for a, a while now, and you just explain, you know, I have had all these amazing experiences over the years as I've played. What is it that Maybe what is it that first attracted you to Dungeons and Dragons and the idea of role playing? And what is it that's kept you? I could not for years and years and years get together with my friends and play on every Thursday night or every month like Monopoly. I'd be driven crazy. But what is it that has kept you like so invested and so interested in this game? So I think getting together and playing D&D is kind of the D&D &D dilemma is, is being able to figure out that availability, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think it has been that I'm I'm constantly surrounded by people that have different play styles and different ideas for what they want in a world. And not only with, as players, but also um, seeing different DMs open up their world and, and allowing you to play in in that or I guess live in that world is is amazing, right? 
we oftentimes envelop ourselves in video games and, and other board games, but actually seeing other people's dreams come to life is, is pretty phenomenal. But I think it was that one invite in, in high school that really just pulled me into it, you know, because I, I was always interested in it. You know, it was basically living out what it was to be a part of Lord of the Rings and part of Middle Earth. And I absolutely adored that world. And so it was just kind of a new and exciting opportunity. And in all honesty, I, I thrive on experiences. And D&D, all D&D is, is a giant experience. I think that's one of the best parts about D&D. Like you said, I know you talked a lot about the Lord of the Rings. And in fact, that was the land that you said you would go to is Middle Earth. I think one of the great parts about D&D in general is that, you know, we can read a whole bunch of stories. Like we could read Lord of the Rings or we could read, you know, Game of Thrones or Narnia or whatever it is. And it's a, it's a great story. But, you know, if we're reading those things, we might be missing out on hanging out with friends. Well, if we're hanging out with friends, we might miss the opportunity to read really good stories like Wheel of Time or Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or whatever it is. Yeah. But in these instances, we get to get together and potentially write a more memorable and potentially best-selling you know new book that's true uh with our with our friends just being able to do those things so i i think that's that's really cool that you know you, you spoke to a little bit of those those things when you were talking about you know why you you love D and what brought you into it that's really cool yeah so what circumstances then prompted you to begin to take on the dm role was it the you know, the DM not being able to DM anymore? Was it you just like, oh, I have all these stories inside of me like that I need to get out? What, you know, what what was that like when you first decided to take up the helm of being a DM for the first time? Gosh, um, well, this is a pretty deep-rooted answer. I initially started thinking about DMing a few years ago, but I constantly had friends that were much more into running games and who were very rules-heavy. And I was always so intimidated by j jumping in and just going for it, right? But I realized that DMing is so much more than being rule-centric. And one of my coworkers, uh, Greg, constantly pushed me. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure it was like every two weeks asked me when I was going to DM, when I was going to start DMing. And uh, when we put together Extra Life, we realized we had this shortage of female DMs and we, we wanted to be more inclusive and make people feel like they were welcomed into the D&D community. So I guess it was kind of a, a combination of both peer pressure and feeling like <laughs> um, I actually did have a story to tell and also needing that that sense of inclusivity um, is what kind of prompted me into joining. And on top of that, I, I was always very excited about world building as well. When my friends would want to run a lot of campaigns, I would help them with creating the worlds, but I wouldn't actually run the sessions myself. I, I kind of always knew the, the general layout of the stories, but they would oftentimes throw in twists so that I wouldn't be able to predict it all the time. We on our podcast are constantly trying to encourage people to, if they haven't tried DMing, to give it a try. And I think that that's one thing, like you mentioned, that people shy away from DMing is because they they think of D&D &D in the sense of another just another game that if you're going to be the one running it then you better have all the rules in your mind you better have read all the books and that's that's not something that we on our podcast like always tell everybody don't don't worry about that like it's really if you want to tell a story if you want to build a world and have players playing it jump into it 
and you'll, yeah. you'll learn. And the rules aren't the most important thing. If you need to make fly by the seat of your pants decisions on rules, make those. If you need to rely on some of your players to kind of walk you through some rules, do that. Like, but I think that there's been so many people who have thought about taking up that seat, but have been so afraid of the rules aspect of it. And uh, it really, you know, just being able to move past that and to just embrace the storytelling aspect and to embrace the world building aspect of it is something that's just so good to, for people to understand. Yeah. I think it is um, intimidating for a lot of people too. Um, They see the DM as the one person that has, you know, all the answers to everything. So why wouldn't it be intimidating, (laughs) you know? And so I, I think it's just that first step of just starting, you know, just, just jumping off that bridge and saying, okay, let's do this. Let, let, you know, let's go. That, I think really kind of pushes you into that role. Otherwise you'll never start. You always have your reservations and you never just take that leap of faith. I think that you'll always yourself out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so easy, right? Yeah. (laughs) That that it is. (laughs) You mentioned that you had, even before you started taking up the, the mantle of DM that you were working on building worlds with friends while they were like doing the DMing. Uh, so does does that mean now that you have started DMing, are you working on your own homebrew world? Are you working on your home own homebrew setting? So I am working on my own, but I'm not DMing my own right now. Okay. Um, so I, I'm currently DMing Curse of Strahd, which I'm absolutely loving. And I've, nice. I've played through it before as well. But I, I think that's one of those things that starting on a on a pre-made campaign is probably the easier pathway for me at this point. At some point when I feel gutsy enough, I'll, I'll start bringing my own world in, but we'll see. I have a lot of friends who want to play a lot of different games right now. So yeah. <laughs> with, with D&D, I think I have constantly like three running, not that I'm personally running, but that I'm a part of. So it's hard to find the time between, <laughs> between the different games. Yes, so many games that you want to play in, so many worlds you want to play in, so little time. That's so true. And and even then, it's not just D&D at that point. It's so many yes. like, the board games, and gosh, there are too many video games out right now. And yeah, gamer problems, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. First world problems. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us, like, you've already told us a little bit about your starting to be a, a DM, but... Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, that journey that you've now taken, you've started, and you're on right now as uh, being a DM? How is it so far? How is it different than just being a player at a table? What have you been experiencing through all of this? I have absolutely loved being a DM so far, and it's so interesting just the, the difference in play style that you, you take up, right? You know, as, as the DM, you have to constantly be there. You are constantly active, you are listening, you are watching, and you're constantly thinking of how can you challenge your players enough to where they feel like there's a threat, but enough for them to know that it's, it's fun and that they have enough, enough leeway to make their own creative endeavors, right? That challenge has been, has been almost inspiring to me that I just want to keep mm-hmm. being better. And, you know, being a player, you're constantly thinking, well, how can I get my character to be different or how can I get my character to be better how can I see that growth uh, internally and externally between your your character and other people's characters but as a DM you're focused on the experience that your players are having 
And so it, it's weird. It's for some reason to me, I'm starting to feel like I'm starting to feel like I'm I'm producing a game in a way um, <laughs> because I'm sitting there with my friends, watching them have a great time and watching their their minds turning as you know I'm trying to stay on top of it and giving and, and give them challenges, right? It's just just a different experience between the two entirely, and it's it's really hard to compare saying one is better than the other. They're just so completely different, right? Yeah, right. So do you find yourself going back to the player's seat trying to help your DM out then? Like try, almost almost being a DM while you're a player, like trying to help facilitate some of that in other players as well? So I haven't done much playing since I started DMing, but... That's something that I tried to avoid, actually, because um, we had a group two years ago where um, one of my friends was was the main DM. And all of the other people in the group decided that at some point they wanted to start DMing their own group, which actually led to the demise of our, uh, <laughs> our D&D group because everyone had their own <laughs> games that they were running. <laughs> So once that started, we realized that everyone has their own DM style. And there was a lot of backseat DMing once other people started DMing. And I realized, like, it's, it's about, as the player, allowing your DM to be able to show you their world. And it's, it's up to the DM to allow the players to be a part of their world in the way that they want as well. As far as I'm concerned, unless someone asks for help or advice or whatever, then I'm completely out of the picture. I'm only doing what I'm there to do. Yeah. I think it's really easy to fall into that rut of, well, if they're not doing it my way, then they're not doing it right. But that's what D&D is about, is doing it your way and customizing it and creating an experience for others. Being a DM is awesome. We love being a DM, but there are definitely things that are are difficult about it. And that would be something that is difficult if you're sitting around a table and you're feeling like other people are trying to tell you how to DM and like that you're you're wrong, you're you're not doing it right, whatever it is. It's good that you have this philosophy that you've developed of like you know, everybody has their own style and I don't want to be a backseat DM. And I want to be able to let people flourish in the way that they can flourish. And like, I'm sure part of that comes from, that's what you would like when you're in the DM seat. You don't want people trying to control you and like, let you be able to DM in your personal style as well. Yeah, that's very true. And I just kind of feel like in in D&D, there almost is no wrong way to dm you know obviously people have their own styles and they might not mesh with the players but you know as a as a player you're there for the ride right that's very true so going along this ride what's what's your favorite moment ben like if you could look back on your overall dnd experience as being a dm what's been your favorite your crowning moment as a dm yeah. so far i've just had a lot of fun with um with my friends and seeing what they come up with but there's this one point where um, <laughs> where a group of bandits attacked them, and when they all went to battle, one of our our bard decided to spare one of the bandits' life and try to get him to talk. Well, instead of just having him be this you know gruff guy who obviously just wants to steal everything, it turns out that he was this guy that was peer pressured into joining um, the bandits' group, and you know his mom was worried sick about him and. And he's just this very sensitive, compassionate person. 
that That's awesome. has almost he just wanted to be cool. Right? <laughs> Seems far. Um, <laughs> the worst time ever. And the group just absolutely loves him, and he's kind of become part of their their group. And obviously, obviously, how most NPCs work is that they end up saving the group at some point because the group keeps you know, not getting the roles or, you know, somehow for some reason the DM has OP roles, I've suddenly realized. There's some kind of like magical ability that DMs Yeah, but then you're behind the screen and you realize how it happens, right? Right? Yeah. It's weird. Gosh, so, um, so yeah, it's, it's just been, it's been pretty wacky and, and awesome to see how, how the players have, created their own story around this npc that i didn't even imagine could have happened yeah so my question with that is so that character wasn't planned it was something that came out of this character taking him and capturing him and then you on the fly came up with you know what instead of having this be a gruff gruff bandit who's going to be like ah you have to torture me to get information he was just kind of this like kid who like had no self-esteem that was something that you just kind of made up on the fly though, yeah yes? yeah definitely um that's all yeah and and i think that's kind of the best part of of dming is being able to come up with these absolutely ridiculous characters that are are actually relatable right and people people yeah. aren't just these you know, aren't just these roles, they're, they're not just classes, right? And I think a lot of people oftentimes fall into, well, you know, what would a person as a rogue do, not what would a person do, right? And so I, I've absolutely loved just coming up with different personalities that might or might not fit that role. It's amazing to me how many times we've had people on the show, and Chris and myself have talked about this, that the best NPCs are not the ones that you plan out so far ahead that you come up with all their backstory, that you come up with like their personality, but are the ones that your players go one way and you're like, oh, that's not the way I thought you'd go. And you have to come up with something on the spot. And those NPCs that just pop out of nowhere because you need to come up with somebody on the yeah. spot. And it's amazing that those are the ones that always seem to be the ones that the players latch onto. I wonder if it's like, I wonder if it's part of it is that the players sense that you are coming up with it on the spot. And it's almost the sense of, they love the fact that you as the DM are actually like, yes, as DM, we're always playing the game with the players. But in that moment, it's almost like you're allowing them to dictate that story. And you're once again, almost in a sense part of that player group of like, I didn't expect this. Yeah. I am not in control of the story right now. All right, let me come up with this NPC. And like, I wonder if that's what they latch onto and just the genuineness of that moment of I'm coming up with something because you guys led me in this direction yeah. that, Hey, that's awesome. I had no ideas for this. Yeah, It's almost like this organic back and forth that, that yeah. really can't happen unless both parties are improvising. Right. Yeah, now that you mention it, it's just it must it must be that weird innate feeling that, you know, you both are in the same place or between the DM and the players, you know, that they're in the same place coming from coming from a place of just not knowing where it's going to go and hoping it's going to pan out, right? Or it's just our players wanting to watch us struggle with having to deal with that NPC for the rest of our time. That's probably that's, yeah, that's, yeah, let's be more real with ourselves. <laughs> So I have another question for you about DMing. 
I mean, you said you're DMing for Curse of Strahd. <laughs> From everything I've heard of Curse of Strahd, it is a dangerous, dangerous adventure. Have you had a player character death yet? Not yet, actually. And it's weird. As far as I'm concerned, role-playing is the most important part of, of D&D. It's, it's where everyone are feeling like they're... They're important themselves. Their characters have a sway in the world, that they have their own crucial creative endeavors that they can fulfill. But also that the the roles are basically a baseline that allows for, for fair play, right? Yeah. However, I actually haven't fudged too much as a DM. We've had a few uh, dicey situations. <laughs> pardon the pun. <laughs> um, I love it. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, the groaning. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've had a few like run-ins with, with, with tricky situations, but we haven't had a character death yet. And that's even after Fafar, my NPC, has helped out a, a few times. But it, it seems like once you give them a little bit of that support system, it allows for the players to get back up on their feet and figure out what they actually have to do in order to get out of the situation. But that being said, I can see a death coming fairly, fairly soon. Just based off of what's coming or past decisions players have made? Yes, to both. Okay. I've also played through <laughs> Curse of Strahd before, and I, I know what comes up later on or what can potentially come up. And it's it's pretty nasty. Are you worried about like that first player character death? It's not the DM versus the right. player. That's not what a good DM should be. I, I, those if a if a DM wants to play that way, that's usually a bad DM yeah. choice. But at the same time, there is this gravity of the moment of like but I rolled for the monster that killed them or whatever it is. Or I, I hope I had them lead into this door yeah. that like brought them to the situation. I know that some DMS, they fear that moment, that first moment. How do you feel about knowing that thinking that that death is going to probably come soon, if not eventually. So I think that all DMS have the sense of responsibility of making sure that you're doing things for a reason, right? I think that I'm not really fearful of that moment. I think what matters most in that is that the player is still having a good time and that they have options, right? And so as long as I can see a growth between that character and also the other players as well, I think that that's kind of what matters most. And seeing a death like that, like it's rough and it, it can ruin a game, right? And so I think it's... The only thing that I'd be worried about is doing it tastefully and making sure that that player is okay with it as well. And obviously you have some leeway as a DM to make sure that maybe something doesn't kill them, but maybe it has to affect them or change them in a way that their character themselves, um, a part of that character dies, right? And so I, I don't think that physical deaths are, are as much of a worry as the player's experience and, and maybe that potentially being hampered. Yeah, and I think that's a very healthy outlook and thought process about that because it, it definitely is. I think that's one of the once people I think the thing that keeps people away from DMing the most is probably the rules. And I think one of the biggest struggles and worries about for a, a DM, a new DM is is death of a PC. And I've I've watched DMs and I myself have been in that spot with even even today, there's there's moments where I, I know a player loves their character so much 
and I can see the death coming. And it's it's hard yeah. sometimes to make those to make those roles to watch the role happen and then know I have to tell that player and your character goes down. And it's still a difficult thing, but it's it's good to have that healthy outlook of it and and to in that moment realize like how can I still have this be a consequence? Because of because no death in a game I think has a a lot more problems than characters dying. And how do I make this character death? How do I give honor to it? How do I give honor to this character? How do I make sure to give the other players an opportunity to honor this character yeah. and and have that player still have fun? And and the worst thing is always to just be like to tell that player, all right, your character's dead. All right, see yeah, you later. Right. The door's over there. <laughs> like you never want to kick somebody as a player out because their character's dead. And to have that thought process of how do I keep making this yeah. for them? Yeah. I think that's, yeah, really good. it's definitely a fine line too. You know, I think the, the DM, um, because you have that sense of responsibility, I think that it's, it's always going to be tricky to tell a player, you know, depending on how, how the character is with, or how the player is with their character, it's always going to be something that's really difficult to navigate as well. And, you know, I, I think I have yet to experience something that is going to be that difficult, right? So I think it's it's hard for me to, to relate at this point. But I'm also playing with a group of people that have played D&D before. They know the risks. They're also not super close with their characters yet. And I can see that growing either as the campaign progresses or maybe that happening when we have our own custom campaign. The only type of character death that I'm okay with is if it is if it was their own dumb decisions that got them in that position in the first place, yeah. then I have no problem killing them. <laughs> like, you did characters. this to yourself? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It's your fault. And, and normally they know. They're just like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah this is my fault. <laughs> yeah. No, I could definitely oh, see that. Gosh. It's kind of like you kicked in the door when you were supposed to be quiet. I mean, we told you, we told you there was 12 ogres behind that door and you're a level three <laughs> character that decided to kick it in. Come on. It's your own fault. Let's be Especially real. those moments where you break out of the character of NPCs and you ask them at, straight on as a DM, like, are you sure that's yeah. what you want? <laughs> that's classic DM for you're going to die yeah. if you do this. Yeah, that's pretty much DM language for like, yeah. mm, I don't know. But if weirdly enough, this. most most players are pretty adamant about their choice. Even though you're like, are you, oh, yeah. do you want to reconsider that? And they're like, you know, no, I'm just doing it, right? Yeah, which is fantastic as long as they're okay with. Well, if you're like if you're like Tyler is in my campaign, Mitch, he opens the door and then runs away and lets you guys deal with it. <laughs> that's yes, what he does. That's true. <laughs> And then goes and opens more yeah, doors. Yeah, goes and, and opens more away, doors so and lets more things in. It's awesome. By hordes of enemies. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. That's that's the chaotic I've been that part. Yeah, right. So I, I get it. Oh yeah, yep. we we all I was have. Say, you said have. I was definitely chaotic. Like. <laughs> yeah. I actually um, one of the the worst almost deaths that I've ever had was I think when I started playing the uh, the starter set. I think we were just going through just a quick run of the starter set, and I was up in a tree. And I fell out of the tree, but I had such low HP that I almost died right on the spot. Oh, no. And then I got up, and I shot one of my comrades, and then they almost died. And it was just a bad go. Like we were having... And then they just decided you weren't even worth being in the party anymore, yeah. so let's just put you out of your own I was like, well, this is the end of my D&D career. <laughs> so, Alyssa, what would you say you have learned from your role as a DM that you would like to pass on to other people that are listening to this podcast, either hoping to be DMs or already are DMs right now? 
I think first and foremost, being a DM is about that leap of faith. I believe it is about just getting into it and knowing that there is no wrong way to be a DM. And it's about the experience, the shared experience that you are creating, not only yourself, but with the players themselves. And also as a DM, it's just really important to just roll with the punches, you know, don't focus so much on the rules, know that the rules are a baseline, but the experiences that you gain are typically from the relationship that you have, not only with your players, but also with the NPCs that you create, but with the world that you create. And being a DM is, is endless. And I think knowing that you have an infinite amount of possibilities that will allow you to be the best DM that you can be. I also think it's really important to consider other people as DM and the best DM can learn from other DMs, you know, like I would not know where to start if I didn't have the experience with so many phenomenal DMs, you know, like I think I've played with maybe a dozen DMs and every single one of them has brought a new perspective that has allowed for me to shape the way that I DM, you know, the way that I DM is, is a compilation of other people and is also unique to me. So I think that learning from others is is the best way to go about doing it. And I think that's good as a DM to be looking for that in other people of like, I feel like they would be good at this and offering that up to them like, hey, I'll take a break from DMing because I think that you would be really great yeah. at this and encouraging other people to try that, sitting in that seat, telling the story, and encouraging them with things that you have learned along the way is like, hey, don't don't worry about the rules. Don't worry about yeah. this. Like, and typically, you know, if if you have experienced enough players, like I've played for years, but I still don't know specific modifiers just off the top of my head, right? Yeah. Sometimes, if I feel like I I need someone someone to clarify a rule or someone to clarify a modifier, you know, I will look to them and say, hey, can you give me the rule on this? And if they don't know, then they'll look it up and they'll let me know, and then I'll make the decision if I want to use that piece of information or not. So don't feel pressured, you know, if there are people that will help you and you also have the power of choice as well. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Alyssa. We, we just want to say thank you uh, from both of us to you for being on yeah, here. Thank you. Thank you for all the work that you've done with the with the Wizards of the Coast to help create such a great community and great products for us. I mean, like you said, trying to make our dreams come alive and our passions come alive. I think you guys have done a a phenomenal job of that. So from us to you, we say thank you for that, and also thank you so much for, for coming on the show uh -huh. and being a part of this discussion of you know what it's like becoming a DM for the first time. Well, thank you guys very much for having me. This was an absolute blast, and, and I look forward to hearing more from you guys. So, Alyssa, if people would like to get in contact with you to you know share stories about what it's like or how you've inspired them in the past as far as their becoming a DM, where can people get in contact with you to, to do that? I'm on Twitter, and people can DM me. So I'm, I'm at Hobbitses, H-O-B-B-I-T-Z-E-Z. -E -Z. <laughs> nice. Yep, that's me. There's that love yep, of Tolkien I'm just, again. Yep. I'm too much of a fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, feel free to reach out, Perfect. tweet at me, DM me. I I love hearing from people and talking to people about their experiences. Everyone's unique. Once again, thank you for being on the show. If you would like to get in touch with Alyssa, just uh, tweet at her there, and I'm sure she will tweet back, and you can have an awesome conversation about being a new DM or Lord of the Rings 
or whatever it is you want to talk about. Once again, thank you for joining us on the show, and we will hopefully have you on again soon in a future episode. That'd be great. Awesome. So we just want to thank Alyssa once again for coming on this show. And I, you know, I, I have to say, knowing what I know about her now and all of the people at Wizards of the Coast, they really do like to make our passions and our dreams come alive. So from, from us here at the Block Party to Alyssa and the people at Wizards of the Coast, we just want to say thank you for making that become a reality and helping us find passion in this world through through gaming. If you would like to share stories with us about how you've been inspired by this episode, head on to your email and send us an email to dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. We'll, we'll read those and send you back what we think of it and some inspiration for you there as well. Also, go and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'll, we'll be sure to give you a shout-out in a future episode like we do at the beginning of every single episode. And you can also find us on Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and all the various other Android podcasting apps that are out there. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. And you can like our Facebook page. If you want updates about the show, that is the place that you want to go to get them. We also share just things that are Dungeons and Dragons related. And of course, we have a good time sharing some memes on there as well. We have a Patreon Dragon shout-out for this episode, and this week's Patreon Dragon is... Gary, Gary P. P. Kimsey. So thank you so much, Gary, for being a dreaded Silver Dragon. We thank you so yes. much for your support. It means a, yeah. a lot to us here at the Dungeon Masters block. Yeah, we hope that you are on our forum giving us input about the future of our show. We appreciate it, Gary. So that's what we have for you for this edition of the Dungeon Masters block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all of the players at your table. Have a good night, everyone and keep on dungeon mastering or give it a try for the first time. There you go. Goodbye.